Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth Vogt, founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio Hello and welcome to the Happy Scientist podcast from Bite Size Bio. If you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist, you are in the right place. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and with me is the driving force of this podcast, Mr. Kenneth Vogt. I have worked with Ken for over seven years now with him as my business mentor and colleague and I knew his expertise could help researchers like you, so we decided to start a podcast together. In these sessions, we'll hear mostly from Ken on principles that will shape you for a happier and more successful career. Along the way, I'll pitch in with points from my personal experience as a scientist and from working with Ken. And today, we will be talking about how you can marshal dopamine to help you to accomplish hard tasks. So let's bring in the man himself. Kenneth, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Dopamine is pumping. That's right. <laughs> You know, I actually got excited about this as I was looking into this topic and I started looking at studies with rats and mice around dopamine. And let me tell you, folks, that this might be day-to-day -day work for the rest of you, but not for me. I'm not a bioscientist, so uh, it was quite fascinating, though, and also quite instructive because you start to see you start to see some patterns of how it is we do what we do. You know, we're, we're walking around in this body with this brain and it's it has a certain method of functionality. It works in a certain way. And so if you want to get certain results, then you take certain actions. The same thing you would do with any, any machine. You know, a machine works a certain way. You don't fight the way it works. You work with the way it works. And sometimes you can take great advantage of that. You know, I, I think about something like a, a combustion engine. You know, explosions sound like a bad idea, uh, but but if you can harness those explosions, all of a sudden you got an internal combustion engine and and you can drive on the freeway. So it's it's the same kind of thing with this. So we're going to look at what you what is happening to you that you find yourself doing things that just aren't helping you at all. They're just useless things, and yet you feel you're drawn to them, and you just keep doing them over and over and over. So it might be things like like surfing the net or playing video games or, or checking, checking your phone every five minutes or, or more frequently. It could be things like eating junk food or just laying on a couch or uh, any number of things that you know are not serving you uh, and, and yet you just can't seem to stop. And we've all done this where you pop up and go, 
where did three hours go? I, all I did was wanted to watch one YouTube video and all of a sudden you're, you're on your 50th video and you don't know what happened. Well, what happened was dopamine kept getting released. You got a little hit of pleasure every time from, from something simple. And you think, well, why can't I get that from stuff that's, that I need to do? Why can't I get that from taking out the trash? Why can't I get that from writing that paper? Why can't I get that from showing up early for work? Or, or whatever it is that you need to do. And, and the point is that you can. There, there are ways to take your, take your brain and program it so that it will get that that pleasure, that happy feeling, that de- that desirable feeling from things that you really want to get done, things that are valuable to you. And you see, that's the thing about it. You know, your your brain is actually pretty stupid. <laughs> it just it, it's not considering the future. It doesn't think about your plans. It doesn't it doesn't have any any concept any more than your pets do than just what's right in front of it. Is this making me happy or is this making me unhappy? That's all it knows. And and that's what it's going to operate on. So you're and saying so, programmed ourselves to do the, these these bad things and that's why. Sure. Well, and, and I will even say that you didn't even program yourself. You just allowed yourself to be programmed. Now, in, in many cases, this it just happened by accident. You know, it's just, you know, you you found out that watching TV is fun. <laughs> uh, in other cases, you've actually been controlled by, by, you know, the commercial system. Advertising's got very, very, very good at, at connecting to your pleasure centers. And the same thing is happening with, with um, you know, app design and video game design and all that other stuff. Now, that is not to say that this is a bad thing. You know, when you see a package of food and there's a beautiful picture on it that's very appealing and you go wow yeah that looks good i think i want to eat that and you eat it and it is in fact good well that's not bad you know it didn't it didn't trick you it it but it did path you and and now we've had a bunch of paths grooved into our brains and they're in place and for for many of us we're finding this is getting to be a real barrier we realize I'm a slave to my phone, for instance, or I'm checking email every 10 minutes. It, I just I just can't seem to turn it off. And so there are reasons why that's happening. And more importantly, there's ways to turn that around and relatively quickly. It's quite interesting when you, the way, you know, when you say it. it's almost like it's becoming more and more difficult to not get pulled into this because it, as you kind of touched on there, if you look at how apps are designed now, then they really do parallel, deliberately parallel the kind of biology to make, to compel you to get sucked into the into a behavior of whatever the app designer wants you to do. Which right. is scary when you think about it, especially in the context of kids. But yeah. you know, productive adults as well, you know, we need to do stuff. So other than check Instagram or, or whatever every day. Right. <laughs> or every five well, months. Well, I mean, you know, it all comes down to this. This was a, an evolutionary advantage. If... If we had some way of recognizing behaviors that that cause good things to happen right away, where you got an immediate benefit, that's good news. And so that's you know that's what dopamine's all about. Dopamine, they call it the pleasure, you know, the pleasure hormone, but it's not really about pleasure. It what it does is dopamine manufactures desire. It it 
it tells you this is something you want to do again and again and again and again. So <laughs> talking about some of the studies I was looking at, there was an interesting rat study where they implanted electrode in their brains of these rats. And what they would do is they would stimulate, you know, they would hit those dopamine receptors whenever the rat did something they wanted to do. So they gave it a simple task of just pulling a lever. And every time they pulled the lever, they got a a little jolt of of what would have happened if dopamine had hit. And then what they found, what these rats would do is they would just sit there and pull that lever, just pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it. They wouldn't eat, they wouldn't drink, they wouldn't mate. They would just pull that lever until they fell over in exhaustion. And, And they wouldn't... They wouldn't even bother to eat, even if they were, even though there would have been other biological signals telling them they're hungry, they're thirsty. No, that that dopamine thing was was all powerful. It led them. Now, if they if they would put food in their mouths, yeah, they would they would they would chew and swallow. But if they had to go get it, nope, they would just starve. <laughs> and it. it I, a joke I used to tell is the, that I, I've never been one to be very into video games, which might seem a little out of character for a computer science guy. <laughs> but um, the reason was because I felt like one day somebody was going to find me starved to death in front of a screen because I knew I would just be sucked in. It would be, it would be too compelling for me. I just I wouldn't stop. <laughs> and, and sometimes we find that out after the fact. You know, we 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 I didn't realize. Study, I remember that study from uh, pharmacology at university, and it's interesting because when you you know you you're talking about this being the basis for why you do things that that don't serve you, if you like. But actually, right. the, 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 this whole thing is the is the basis for serious life-threatening uh, addiction. Right. Exactly. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about addiction as we're going along here. But I, I mean, and I realize that could be a loaded word. I mean, a lot of people, if you say, hey, you're addicted to your phone, they'll take offense. And anyone who's listening, uh, please, we mean no offense by any of this. And addiction's a serious matter. And and I'm not, I don't want to downplay it, uh, addictions that are truly life-threatening. But the fact is, you can have non-life-threatening addictions, and they are still life-harming. <laughs> and, and they will at least get in your way. And the me- mechanism is just the same, though. That's the, that's the yeah. point. Well, now you look at the other side of this and you say, well, you know what? I can see dopamine is just a problem. Maybe we shouldn't, shouldn't have it. Well, they also, they also did a study where they blocked the dopamine centers. And what happened then is the rats just stopped doing everything. <laughs> I mean, they just, they, just wouldn't, they just stopped. They wouldn't go on living is basically what happens. So we need dopamine. It's important. But now, now that we know that, it's like, okay, well, what can I do? How can I make this brain that works a certain way and take advantage of that and, and make use of that so that it will drive me to do things that I that are highly beneficial to me, not just in the short term, but at my choosing, not not biologically um, uh, advantageous, but but thoughtfully advantageous. One of the things What's that? I like where this is going because yeah. you know, it's really interesting when you think about it that way that of dopamine, dopamine managing desire. It's not a thing that you just have to, you know, you, I think we often think of, you know, addictions as we're calling them here, minor addictions to your phone and so on. It's just mm-hmm. something that you, 
you kind of fight against, and that, but you're going to be addicted to something. That's the bottom line. And so yeah. it's choosing it's all a matter of degrees. <laughs> yeah, and it's about what do you want? So what do you want to be addicted to, and then and then uh, and then reprogram. So I I hope you're going to tell us how to reprogram. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, you think about this too. I mean, obviously there's some addictions that are are really awful. You know, if you're addicted to, to crack, if you're addicted to heroin, I mean, it's it's life threatening. Um, uh, other people are addicted to alcohol, and for some of them, it's life threatening. For some of them, it's just life altering. Some people are addicted to chocolate, and it's and it's it's making them fat. <laughs> and other people are addicted to chocolate, and it's not really impacting their life at all. Um, you know, other than they keep seeking out chocolate. That so there's obviously degrees here and you know where where on that continuum you make the slash for it's now an addiction i don't know and it doesn't really matter we're going to use this for positive things now um one of the things that's interesting about this is that so so when you look at this now and think of it as dopamine is not just about pleasure but it's about it's about forward-thinking desire uh, it's dopamine is making you want to do something more well it, it comes down to um, what you believe is going to come next. That's, that's the interesting thing about it. So sometimes we, we find ourselves driven to do things because we think, well, at least our brain thinks, it's going to turn out positively for us. And yet it doesn't turn out positively. And intellectually, we may know that already. We already know that I really don't need that piece of cake. That piece of cake is not going to do me any good. It's going straight to my hips. I'm not, you know, I, and yet your brain is going, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. It can't stop. So <laughs> it's going to taste so good. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. See, there's that immediate gratification. I, you know, it, it's, it's a pleasant experience from the moment you put the fork in your mouth. In fact, it might be before that, just smelling it might be enough. So it's funny to think about this, but dopamine is actually focused on the future, just the very short term future. So we, we can see that as an advantage here because most of us, if we have goals, if we have, have objectives, they're, they're probably more long-term and the, and the more long-term things are going to be ultimately more beneficial. You know, the, if you want to lose 30 pounds, you don't, you're not going to lose that in the next five minutes, but you know that, Hey, if I will stick to a routine for the, for the next two months or three months, I can do this. And, and if you don't have the dopamine to help you, you're not going to get it done. It's not going to happen. Now, the, the other thing about this is, is the, these damaging, the potential damaging impacts just don't feed into the equation at all. So the fact that uh, if I drink myself stupid, I'll have a hangover the next day, uh, that just dopamine doesn't get involved in being concerned about hangovers. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> So you have to take charge of that and you have to control this a little bit. Now, here, here's the next problem with it. So now we got, all right, we understand that the, that the brain is going to use dopamine to drive short-term um, short desires. Well, when you get a hit of dopamine, it's a little, a little pleasurable feeling and you'll get it from anything that's useful. I mean, if you're, if you're thirsty and you take a, you take a drink of water, there'll be a, there'll be a small hit of dopamine. Now, obviously that's only so much pleasure. You might get more pleasure if that was your favorite, favorite beverage than if it were just water and you might get, 
you know, even more pleasure if it's if it's you know a specialty thing that you rarely get and you really love. Um, but if you keep doing that, it, the body operates on homeostasis. That is, it likes to keep things the same. And that's why you'll do things like if you start to get warm, your body will sweat to try to bring you back down to the normal temperature. Or if you get cold, it'll make you shiver to try and get you up to, an, to the normal temperature. It wants to be in that, that happy zone. And you can see from addictions that, that you know, serious addictions that we know things about, like about opiates or nicotine or, or amphetamines or crack or I mean, any, anything like that. It creates a neurochemical reaction that significantly increases the amount of dopamine it's released. So the, you can see why people get addicted to these things because they immediately get this just rush of, of, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. The problem is that because of that homeostasis um, standard that, that your body and brain have, it starts to be not enough. It, you're going to need more and more and more. There's a so the same amount of dopamine doesn't get the same result because now it see that it sees it as normal. You normally have this much dopamine, you know, firing off in your system. Well, if I need something, if I want to have a change, I need more and I need more and I need more. And that's why people, when they get addicted to things, will make terrible decisions. Even it. Even if they know it's a bad decision, because that that desire factor just can't be stopped, it, it becomes all important. They don't worry about it anymore. I don't care. I don't care about tomorrow. All I care about is that fix today. And and while that happens obviously on a grand scale when somebody has a you know a detrimental a serious addiction like that, it also happens on a smaller scale with other things. And it's why you will find yourself there. I, I, I wanted to play one round of Mario Kart and now it's four hours later. What happened? You know, <laughs> uh, it's because you kept getting, you kept getting that dopamine and it's, and you needed more. You wanted more. You got, it's like, I had a little, but I need more. I need more. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feed that more deeply. So I think it's really important here at, the, at this point to look at, to, to kind of, for me anyway, you know, and, and, and looking at this, it's really important to state that how, just how important this is in, in, in my life, in your life, everyone's mm-hmm. life, that, that literally whatever you're addicted to in, you know, small, small E in the addiction, whatever you're addicted to, is literally what's running your life and that is the result you're getting and so you know understanding that and then being able to reprogram that will literally change it doesn't just it's not just a case of that it'll make you work better or that it'll make you be able to exercise more and eat less or something it literally transforms your life right and you we all know people like this people that they never miss going to the gym or they never leave the lab unless it's clean and I mean, they, they just have certain habits that that it seems like they they never turn off. And you think, how do you do that when you're when you're dead tired and yet you still do it? It's because they've got that dopamine um, system wired in, and they that that hit of dopamine is worth it. I mean, it's it's 
it's better than satisfying my desire for sleep. It's better than, you know, stopping to get something to eat. I mean, and whatever it is, it'll be the thing. And so if you we're all addicted, you know, the, we need to face it. We all are addicts. Let's just make sure we're addicted to things that are serving us and it will get us good long-term results. And let's root out the things that are not getting us good long-term results. And unless, so, and unless you're a super performing human being, human being, which do exist, oh yeah, will have done something like this to, you know, look to their lives in this way to, to move themselves towards that. Unless you're a super super performing human being, then there will be something that you know, some things that you're doing that that you can reprogram to get better results. Oh, absolutely. You can always take it up a notch too. Even these super performing people, they, they have a habit and they think I could have a better habit. <laughs> and so they move it up to the next level. I, I read about one interesting study and I learned something I didn't know. Now this might be common knowledge to all of you bioscientists out there, but there is a, a, uh, a strain of mice that is, that's used for research that is naturally high in dopamine. And it allows them to do some interesting studies with them. So uh, they're very triggerable and so that they can get quick results to see, see what's happening with that. So if you think about this now with yourself, now we've already talked about how homeostasis starts to get in your way about dopamine and you end up needing more and more and more just to be satisfied and that's what's got you trapped in, in a cycle. So imagine now what happens if you, if you flip that around. What if you go on a dopamine fast where you root out of your out of your your daily routine everything that creates dopamine now at the start of this that's going to sound horrible like didn't we just talk about how this is all about it creates desire i like desire desire feels good <laughs> it does feel good i'm not taking away from that but I, and i'm not talking about doing this for a long period of time i'm talking about something you do for a day that's it get on a dopamine fast, what will happen is you will reset how much, how much dopamine you need to have that pleasant feeling. And you will find that you will get that pleasant feeling from a wider variety of things. Because you, you, know, you actually do get pleasure from doing some of the things that you find highly valuable. You just don't get as much pleasure from that, as much, as much of that, that motivation as you do from doing other things that are not that productive. You, you might think, I hate answering email. You actually don't hate answering email. You love having email answered. So, but it's not as much fun as you know, checking your text messages every five minutes. <laughs> well, let's, let's get, but it's fun enough. So if, you, if there's an absence of these, of these negative things that are addictive to you, then whatever dopamine you can get feels good. So I'll give you an example of a couple of things that have happened in my life. I, I did something where I, I was off sugar for, for 60 days and it reset my, my reaction with sugar. Now, like everybody who likes sugar, yeah, you get a little, little dopamine hit when you have sugar and you know, the more sugar you have, the more you get but you get to the point where you need more sugar to get a dopamine hit. So after not having sugar for 60 days, I had a piece of red pepper, just a, you know, just a red pepper. 
it was so sweet, I almost couldn't eat it. It, it tasted to me like sugar had been heaped on it. <laughs> because I, I reset that dopamine, um, that dopamine response. And so I was able to have a totally different experience. Lettuce tasted sweet. Um, you know, things you wouldn't have, wouldn't associate with sweetness tasted sweet to me because I had a, you know, I had a connection of sweet and, and pleasure already wired into me. So that the same thing can happen with anything else you do. Or another time, <laughs> many, many years ago, I, was, I used to really be into wine and, and I was having better and better wine. And I got to the point where I'd had a, I had a bottle of wine that cost a hundred dollars. And I'm talking about 30 years ago. And I was like, you know, this could be better. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm having a $100 bottle of wine, you know, which would be a $250 bottle of wine now, whatever. Uh, and I'm not enjoying it because I've, I've only been having great wine and I've been having it all the time. I've been you know, having it two or three times a week. And I, and I ruined something that was a positive experience for me. And I, what I did is I just stopped drinking wine for six months so I could reset my palate and still be able to enjoy a $20 bottle of wine. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing with this. So now we're going to talk about two ways that, that you can hit the, the dopamine reset button for yourself that will open up, the, open up the opportunity for you to get that same dopamine response from harder things but things you have to do think not just have to do but things you really want to do but they're not going to be easy but you know they have long-term benefit for you so the first thing you've got to do is you just gotta you gotta have this total dopamine fast and to do that you gotta start by you got a catalog for yourself what are the stimulants for dopamine for you you got to figure it out you know because because i can't tell you what things you get pleasure from but you know you know what you, where you're spending your time, too. So, you know, if it's not obvious to you that, oh, I, I don't think I get pleasure from checking my phone. Well, do you do it 100 times a day? Then, yes, you do. Now, I know you mean, and this is one of those things where, look, you don't have to tell me about it. You don't have to tell Nick about it. This is just between you and you. And you. <laughs> but when you recognize that something keeps, keeps, calling to you, keeps compelling you, keeps impelling you. That's one of those things. And you got to root it out. Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. So make a list of those things. And it could be checking your phone. It could be checking your email. It could be surfing the web. It could be watching YouTube videos. It could be watching TV. It could be Netflix. It could be anything. You know, and I'm just, it, it might be music. It, it might be video games, it could be social media, um, anything that you find yourself compelled to keep doing. Maybe for some people you're gonna find, hey, it's cooking. I just keep finding myself being compelled to make more stuff and make more stuff. And the refrigerator's full, but I'm still making more stuff. You know, look for patterns like that in your life. You know, I'm rearranging my sock drawer for the third time. You know, okay, I see a pattern here of something that I keep making, I keep having to neaten things up, right? 
or I'm I'm cleaning every day something that could that needs to be get cleaned once a week. You know, uh, the look for everything that you can find. Once you've got that list, get the priorities in mind. What's really really put having an impact on you? Now, when I say priorities, I mean you might check your phone a hundred times today, but it doesn't really take that much of your time. But if you're checking your email, which means reading emails and doing that every 10 minutes and you're rereading emails and rereading emails, okay, now that's a bigger problem. So look for the thing that's really having the impacts on you. Look and look at those things. Wouldn't, and, wouldn't you agree that even those, that those small things of, uh, of uh, I know that's a habit that I really have is checking um, emails a lot. And it's not that I'm going to... Um, I'm going to read all of the emails, although that can be a rabbit hole you get pulled down into. You get, you, you know, you were, you didn't have a, um, you didn't intend to, but you get sucked into a situation. But even that distraction cost of routinely checking, it, it breaks your focus on the important things. Yes, that's, that's absolutely true. If you're, if you're, if your continuity is being broken by something, it's that's a problem. Now you may find too that maybe you're, you're thinking, you know. It's not that compelling to me, although I do it a lot. And what it is, is the other side. What is it you're avoiding? What is it you're using that little thing to, to replace? So there's something you're afraid of, and you know that's, that's a different reaction you're having. But you're, you are picking that thing because it does give you a little bit of that dopamine hit. So whether that, like you say, it's just the distraction of just peeking at email. Oh, something important might come in. And, and oh, by the way, that's, that's another thing that is something to take note of. Um, you, your brain will pay attention to known pleasures. I know if I eat chocolate, I'm going to enjoy it. But what it really likes is surprise benefits. So that's what will compel you to look for a text message. Maybe there's something important. You know, that's why you'll look for a, an email. Oh, maybe maybe a sale came in. Maybe uh, you know, maybe uh, something something good happened. Maybe I got a, a positive response somewhere. So the looking for that maybe something positive is very compelling. So you notice you can get out, get caught up in that. So, so now, after you've done this and you realize, okay, here are the here are the the stimulants, the things that that stimulate me with with potential desire. Okay. Now there's two approaches we can take. The first approach is I want you to take an entire day, 24 hours, where you cut yourself off from all of that stuff. And I mean all of it, all of it. <laughs> you put your, you turn your phone off, you turn your computer off, you don't engage in any of it. No music, no junk food, no social media, no internet, no anything. Now, the first thing that's gonna happen to you is you are going to be bored. Now, I'll bet you that for most of your life, you have viewed boredom as an emergency. <laughs> it is the end of the world. <laughs> boredom um, is, it seems like, yeah, it's just not acceptable. And you, it feels like something, I can't survive. Well, you can. It's not that big a deal. And in fact, boredom can be used. It can use to propel you to do things that you don't normally find pleasurable. But now, because you're bored, well, maybe doing my taxes isn't going to be so bad. Maybe now cleaning the garage, uh, yeah, okay, let's do that because I'm bored. Maybe 
you know, it, it, it's a task you've been avoiding in the lab, and you go, you know what, I, I'm gonna do it. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not being distracted by checking emails. I'm not being distracted by, by, you know, being on the internet. Okay, I can do this. And what you will find then is as you've, as you've basically, you're starving yourself of dopamine. Now, when you start doing these other things, these things that really, that you really want to get done that are important to you, you're going to find out, hey, I'm getting a little pleasure from this. And I, and I want to be clear here, you're going to get a little pleasure from it. It's not going to be like, oh, this feels just like, you know, playing video games. No, it won't feel just like, but in that moment, because you, because you have the lack of it, a little bit's going to feel good and it will be enough. It'll be enough to keep you going and it'll be enough to help you set some new habits. So just to give you some examples of things you might do in a situation like that. Maybe you've got a paper that you've been stalling on writing. You, know, you got the data, but you need to write it up and you just haven't done it. Well now, hey, I'm not being distracted, but I'm not answering the phone. I'm not answering, I'm not, I'm not responding to emails and texts. I'm not doing anything else. I can do this now. I can put my focus on it. Maybe you've got some important papers you need to read. Well, now's the time to do that. And maybe, maybe it's just time to do some, some cleaning, decluttering, uh, you know, getting, getting your, your work area in, in better order. Well, this is the time to do that. Maybe you need some more input in your life. You need, there's, maybe there's some courses or seminars you need to, to sign up for or attend. Um, okay, this is the time to do that. Maybe you need to get some exercise this is the t this is when you can install that, and so what are you allowed to do when you're on the d dopamine fast? Well, you're allowed to do anything except your your stimulant list. So you might walk, you might meditate, contemplate. However, you want to you do your things. Maybe you want to write in a journal to think about it. Now, when I say write in a journal, don't mean don't turn your computer on and start typing on it because you know it'll happen. You next you'll be. You'll be on the internet and you'll be in the email and <laughs> so actually write, you know, just do, do it by hand. So this works and it, it changes it and it changes things for you. If you, and if you have the experience of doing this, some kind of fast like this, and then pay attention to what these, these high value tasks do for you, how they feel, how they feel different, because before they might've felt like just drudgery. But now it's like, well, since I was bored, I'm not so, it's not so much drudgery. You might've felt fear. I'm afraid to start this project. But now that I'm not distracted by other things, I can go, wait a minute, all right, what is this project really about? What do I really need to do? What's my first step? And that's not so scary. So if you've been suffering from that fear about getting certain things done, or if you've been, uh, been weighed down by the drudgery, then this is your way out. This this will make you have a different experience with these things and you'll start installing new habits. And guess what? You'll start having patterns now of getting that dopamine from these things that are good for you, that have long-term benefit for you. Now you may look at this and say, I, uh, this sounds great, but I just cut myself from, off from every stimulant I, I, in one day. I, I can't do it. I can't not answer my email. I, I can't not look at my phone. It's, it, it's, I, I'm in, even if I did it on the weekend, I, I mean, I've got kids, I've got things going on I, I, that I can't ignore. All right, maybe you can't do that. 
So here's a second approach. Now remember, we made that stimulant list. I want you to look for the thing that was, is the most compelling, the one that is the most in the way. Say, okay, one day a week, I want you to cut that one thing out. Just that one thing. It's got to be an important thing. It's got to be a big thing. But, and it needs to be every week. You know, it's got to be every Sunday this is the case. Every Sunday the computer is off. End of story. And the same thing will happen. You'll find that, that, that fasting, even though this is only a partial fast, will still make more important things to you sweeter. You'll, you'll enjoy them. You'll enjoy them more. So now another thing you can do with this either way is what about this? How about if you have a reward system? What if you you figure out, okay, there's a there's a high dopamine activity thing that I got already. I, I know what it is and I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to make the deal with myself that on my on my day where I'm fasting, I'm going to I'm going to use that as a reward. In other words, if I do the things that I should do, the things that have long-term benefit to me for an appropriate period of time, I'll reward myself with a certain amount of time of this high dopamine activity. Now, I'm assuming that this is an activity that is not detrimental. You know, I mean, if, if you're an alcoholic, the answer here is not, oh, I get to take a drink because I, I worked hard today. That's not what we're talking about. But I'm talking about if, if it's a situation where I know I waste too much time looking at YouTube. Well, here's the deal. If I do two hours of this important work today, I will reward myself with, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes of YouTube time. And here's the other thing. It's not, I put in two hours of work. Oh boy, I get to go to YouTube. It's like, no, you put in two hours worth of work. And at the end of the day, you can have 15 minutes of YouTube. If you put in four hours of work, well, now you can have 30 minutes of YouTube at the end of the day. So whatever it is that it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get this reward. I don't get it until 6 PM, no matter what, but it's up to me how much reward I get because I, yeah, you know, do I, did I get two hours of the useful work done or did I get six hours of the useful work done? It's up to me. And then when it comes time to, for, reward time you've got to set an alarm for yourself and you gotta live with it and i tell you what when the alarm goes off it's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt i don't want to stop i feel it so good it dopamine is flowing you gotta do it you gotta do it and you know this so it's a matter uh, it's a matter of self-discipline and here's here's how you beat that and i think we've talked about this before it's just a decision versus a choice here this is not a choice anymore it's not a choice whether or not you obey the alarm. The choice is made when you set the alarm. That's done. <laughs> so now it's decision time. Am I going to honor myself or not? Now, I, I'm, I am hopeful that most of us will choose to honor ourselves, that, that we've got enough going on, enough self-respect, that that's what we're going to care about. So another, another thing I want to add into this is something to think about. If we've done this right, if you allow dopamine to decide what you're going to do today, the order of your tasks for the day, you're going to make a bunch of bunch of poor choices. On any given day, you know what you need to get done. Figure out what's the hardest thing you need to do. What's the, the most demanding thing? What's 
of the thing that, in fact, the thing you least want to do. Do that first today. Do that first. Now, I realize that, well, today I got to go get a root canal. Well, the appointment's at two o'clock. I can't do that at first thing today. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I'm not talking about things like that. But you know that on your list of to-dos for today, what's the hardest? So at this point, before you set some dopamine uh, signals off from doing other things that you would get more pleasure from, immediate pleasure from, do the hard thing. Do that hard thing and get it over with. And I promise you, you will still get your dopamine hit. <laughs> you will be that the relief that comes from finishing a hard or, or a distasteful activity, one that you don't really want to do, but you know is useful to you, it's worth it. A really good one. So, a couple of things that occur to me that kind. Um, mm -hmm. One is that uh, is that when we're talking about um, when you're talking about reinstalling um, or, or you know using the bo the boredom to propel you to towards the things that you you want to do. So suddenly they mm -hmm. become more appealing. Mm -hmm. One thing that that. that might help with that is what we've talked about before is in slowing down and allowing yourself the time and the attention it takes for you to register the pleasure that actually comes from that task because mm -hmm. a lot of the times we just we just zip through tasks and or zip through activities and don't really take the you know take the time to register the pleasure that the dopamine is giving us <laughs> yeah it's that take time to smell the roses thing that's a, that's a great point but even the roses can even be in writing that paper, you know, paper can, you know, cleaning your workstation, doing exercise that there's, there's some, you know, even if it's not your number one choice of, uh, of uh, dopamine, dopamine stimulant, it, there is still, you know, there is still some pleasure in that. And so sure. if you pay attention to that, it will amplify it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so the, there's two parts to this. You would, what you're discussing there is, is the quality of of the pleasure well pleasure is pleasure dopamine is a, it's just a molecule it doesn't there there's not a there's not a super dopamine it's just one thing <laughs> sure but well in my thinking the more you register the pleasure the more um you know that's going to create a feedback loop that will make it easier for you to install that as a, as a habit that you like right yeah i, I think you're making a different point than 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 i'm reaching for what i would i agree with what you're saying and then on top of that, you know, any pleasure is pleasure. So don't discount the fact that you just finished writing a report. And you say, well, I don't like writing reports. How can I feel good about that? You can feel good about being done and feel good about it. Allow that to be. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other side of this, that um, the so we have the, the, the dopamine pleasure and desire side. The other side is is the guilty pleasure stuff. So um, there are things that, like I say, they're guilty pleasures versus things that are damaging habits. So if like, you know, if you laughingly say I'm addicted to chocolate and you have chocolate more than the average person and it's not giving you diabetes, you know, <laughs> okay, it's a guilty pleasure. And perhaps it's making you carry a few more pounds than, than, you, than you have to you may look at that and go, yeah, okay, that's a trade-off I'm willing to accept. But there are other situations where like, no, my blood sugar's at 300. I cannot do this. <laughs> you know, I can't, I just can't do it. So, you know, recognize the difference between the guilty pleasures and the damaging habits. 
and then use this method. You know, put yourself on the fast. Now, I've, I've known some folks that were adult onset diabetics, and the notion of having a sugar fast just makes them sad. <laughs> you know, you gotta get you gotta get past that. You, you you can't just go. Oh, I wouldn't like that. Well, I'm I'm here to tell you nobody likes fasting. I don't care what kind of fast you're doing. Whether you're doing a food fast or a liquid fast or or you're doing a habit fast like this, nobody likes that. However, if if you're a little more forward thinking, you can go. I see the benefit of this. And you'll get to where it's not so much that you enjoy the fast, but you so enjoy the result that you'll do it. And it's why you will get up early in the morning and go to the gym or go run. You know, nobody likes getting up before they have to. You'd like to sleep another half hour or an hour, sure. But you do because you know that I know I'm going to feel good after this, this run is over. In fact, I might feel good five minutes into this run. I might feel good just getting out of bed and, and go, all right, I'm up, I'm doing it, you know. So give yourself that chance. Get, get past that and don't don't be sitting there laying in bed going, should I get up or shouldn't I get up? <laughs> That's not the answer. You know, if you've already decided, if you know, if you've already made this choice that you're going to do this, it's just decision times. Are you going to honor yourself or not? You know. So that, that is the elephant in the room here, the, the reason why people don't do this in generally and is that the fast is painful. Sure. Which is the exact opposite of continuing to eat the chocolate gives you the, the um, and it gives you the, the pleasure, mm-hmm. the fast gives you pain. And so that, that is why most of the world stays in that, it stays stuck. Well, and you realize, too, how little pain it takes for somebody to give up. When you start to realize, you know what, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's, I, it's not a knife in my heart. You know, I, I'm not racked with pain over this. It's just like, ah, oh, it's mildly annoying. So start seeing the, the level and going, you know what, I am willing to take a little bit of discomfort for, for big-time long-term benefits. I, I mean, I have done... I haven't done this. I'm going to actually. <laughs> I have done a, a a fast, a water fast for um, five days, mm-hmm. and the food afterwards tastes amazing. And so, exactly, I'm thinking of this in 3D with all different, <laughs> all of the different kind of stimuli. That'll be quite interesting. Yeah, and, and you can see you can apply this in all kinds of ways in 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 your work and in your life. There's there's lots of ways to go with it. So here's one other thing to think about, too, just to, to, as a helper. Look for things that are catalysts. What is it that's causing you to mindlessly fall into a dopamine-inducing short-term pleasure mode? And it might be, it might be a device. It might be a, a phone or, a, or a, a smartwatch or a computer. It could be a vending machine. <laughs> It could be a bar or a restaurant. It could be your television. It could be watching the news. It could be certain people. They're, these things are triggers for what happens. You know, like, I, I never go out and get drunk and stupid, except when I'm with Bob. You know, <laughs> okay, Bob is your trigger. Stay away from that, you know. Uh, or it's like, it's, it's too easy. To, if that vending machine wasn't calling my name all the time, I wouldn't eat candy bars. You know, all right. Or if that, if... 
if I would walk a different way to work, I wouldn't go past the same the same cafe where I get my my triple slurp latte with with syrup, you know. <laughs> and what about you know? what about catalysts that are a bit more complicated, like uh, people who have uh, you know eat food, you know, uh, junk food, in as an emotional response, for example. Yeah, they're they're again whatever it is got to get the catalyst out so like for junk food obviously get it out of your house and I, i'm here to tell you too any people do this go you know well as soon as i eat this these three bags of potato chips that's it's over no give yourself the pleasure of crushing those potato chips and putting them in the trash can yes you wasted some money feel that pain this is this is the cost that you had to pay it's good for you to recognize that this came at a cost and now I've now I'm invested. I just threw away eight dollars worth of potato chips, you know. So, uh, you know, now now you you can stick with it. And now when you have that non-thinking, oh, I think I want to grab a snack. Oh yeah, or we, I don't have any potato chips. Let me grab a carrot, you know. <laughs> let me have a piece of celery. Let me have an apple. You know, I'm I'm not saying to completely deprive yourself. It's not like no, I can only have a glass of of warm water if I if I have a, a desire for for junk food like no you know give yourself something you know but but make it better you know have and and reward yourself with things you might listen to that and say carrot or celery how dull is that well get some get some berries oh yeah that's a lot more expensive yeah you're worth it it's not that much more expensive either you know get you can you can make a little bit of investment in yourself to make this stuff easier for you better for you well, for a place of a beer or a coffee, you can uh, you can buy a, a fair amount of berries. So that's a fact. <laughs> and you know you know what you like. You know maybe it's figs. Maybe 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 you really do like a banana. You know, well, fine, whatever you like. Maybe it's a handful of nuts. You know, some something healthy and uh, the healthier. But I mean, those are just some examples. You know, you might say, well, how am I going to ever get the pleasure from watching a, a you know watching a video? Well, I don't know. Pick up a book and start reading. Reading can be pretty compelling too, and I mean, and I don't just mean technical reading. Get yourself a novel, you know. <laughs> read some fiction sometimes. Get read for enjoyment sometimes. Sometimes you think I have so much technical stuff to read, I, I can't even envision reading for pleasure. Start envisioning it. <laughs> oh, well, it. I would say uh, I do know people who use who read to excess. <laughs> Read yeah. pleasure to excess. Read for pleasure to excess. Oh well, again, you know, if that's one of your triggers, that's the thing you stay away from. <laughs> I think that I think that um, that that for a lot of people, reading has this kind of um, hallowed status that you know there's no there's never too much. But I, mm. I just just thought I would throw that in there. That's true. That trashy novel is really not edifying you too much. <laughs> it's just the same as watching a YouTube video. Or worse, you, you can get quite some very uh, useful YouTube videos you can watch. Sure. Well, The YouTube addict, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You, I think you made, you, you're making a very good point there that you know, you know when it's, it's an addiction for you. you know, what, what would be perfectly safe for me might be detrimental to you and vice versa. So, you know, come on, know yourself. It's, it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, so one thing, uh, you might have mentioned this, but I, I, and I didn't catch it, but, okay, if I'm going to do this denying all stimulants thing, how long for? Okay, 
I'm talking just 24 hours, just a day, and watch the difference. And it's the kind of thing where you can just monitor yourself and see how often do I need to do this. For you, you you know, you might need to do it once a year. You might need to do it once once a quarter. You might need to do it once a month. But you know, you'll you'll see what it is. If you if you don't want to do the full on thing, well then just do something weekly, where I'm gonna I'm turning off the computer every Sunday, or I'm I'm not using my phone every Saturday, or uh, you know I'm whatever it turns out to be, you know, on, 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 I don't answer emails on Fridays, end of story. And we just leave it at that. Um, and then just make sure you do it every week. And then pay attention, pay attention to what things start to feel better to you. Okay. And you, and you think that by doing that for that total detox of 24 hours, that will make a difference? It'll absolutely make a difference. Now, how long it sticks is, you know, it comes down to how addicted you are to things. So, but you'll, but what we're trying to do here is to give you the, the, to see the difference. It'll be enough for you to realize something is not the same. I can do something right now, something long-term that I've been, I've been procrastinating on for a long time that I could not do yesterday. What changed? And this is what's changed. Nice. And once you, once you get that experience, you're going to look at this and go, oh, that was good. That was that was worth it. And now all of a sudden you'd be going, I think I'm going to do this all the time. <laughs> and there are people like that. It's almost like a joke that, that, that only, only the rich and famous can afford to not have a cell phone, right? <laughs> because they have an assistant and they have a cell phone. <laughs> um, but, you know, they can be free of that kind of thing. It was only a decade ago that I didn't have a cell phone. That seems weird. Isn't it something? <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to wrap this all up, Dopamine is a fact of life, so make sure you get it from things that are benefiting you rather than from things that don't benefit you or even harm you. So that, that was our message for today. Anything you want to add, Nick? No, I think, I mean, other than I'm definitely giving this a go, uh, I think that it's, uh, it's really nice to get down to, um, you know, to, to touch on the science behind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we've simplified the mechanisms and, and everything. There'll be some oh, yeah. people out there that know way more about this than we have, but as a basic model for looking at this and applying it, and that's really, as we've said before, that's really what we're talking about in these podcasts is basic models that you can manipulate to, um, in a good way to, um, to change things to, towards the way that you want them to be. So as a basic model, that, I think this is really powerful. And it kind of almost personifies what the driving force is and allows you to, uh, to then choose how you want to direct that um, person. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that this, is, this has been really useful. And so thank Very you good. for that, Tom. So um, uh, that one, before we head off, um, just to remind you that uh, everyone, that we can, you can find all of the episodes for this uh, podcast at bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist, all one word. Um, you can, if you haven't done so already, please pay particular attention to episodes one to nine. Those are the found, kind of foundational concepts that we talk about a lot during this um, uh, these podcasts and that, that kind of give you some really uh, useful frameworks for viewing what's going on in your world and how your world works. Uh, and then you can also, if you if you enjoy this, if you think that if this is this can help you to become a happy scientist. Uh, the, these concepts, 
then come and join us at uh, facebook.com forward slash the happy scientist club uh, and there we'll be covering these concepts in different ways with different exercises and so on um, and uh, I think you'll get a lot out of it. I should say that this isn't, didn't, won't necessarily make you become a happier scientist. Maybe you already are and you just want to become a happier one so that covers all bases. So again, Ken, thank you very much for uh, another great episode here. Thank you, Nick. And uh, we'll see you all next time. All right, bye now. The Happy Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.